and welcome to DaVita Leadership Insights, a podcast for DaVita teammates who want to become a better leader, both personally and professionally. I'm Grace Berman, a senior director with DaVita University. Doug and I look forward to bringing you more episodes of DaVita Leadership Insights in the near future. In the meantime, we hope you've enjoyed our new DaVita podcast series, Power of Women, or POW, that we featured on this podcast feed. Today, we are featuring another special episode, a recent panel discussion led by our group vice president for home, Vanessa Pfeiffer, on stage at our annual DaVita leadership meeting. Vanessa led an incredibly insightful discussion on career journeys with three other DaVita leaders, Sarah Beidelshees, Danny Wetmore, and Katie Swansea. When I heard the panel discussion, I just had to share it with all of you. They kept it real, sharing their successes and their stumbles, and offered great tips. I hope you enjoy their stories of how DaVita was and continues to be a place for them to grow and encourage the growth of others. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. I'm Vanessa Pfeiffer. I'm your home palmer, and I get to lead the growth and operations of our home business. I am joined today by three panelists, Sarah and uh, Danny and Katie, and we are going to talk today about career growth, creating it for ourselves and creating it for others. I'd like to start by asking each of our panelists to tell us a little bit about yourselves and your career journey. Great. Hi, everyone. I'm Sarah Beidelshees, and my career journey began pre-DaVita when I landed in healthcare right out of school and just have never left. I started in an academic health system in Columbus and then went on to work for a private company that worked with hospitals to stand up limb salvage and outpatient chronic wound programs. It was right about then that my journey started with DaVita, and I entered the village as a regional operations director in Northwest Ohio. Since then, I've held the role of division vice president, and now get the privilege to lead three divisions in fusion, along with our IKC operations across the group. Wonderful, Danny. Awesome. Hey everyone, my name is Danny Wetmore. I started my career here at DaVita as an analyst in our corporate strategy team. Uh, when I was on that team, we did a lot of work uh, on our strategic business initiatives. So DaVita Medical Group, Paladina, DaVita RX. Um, after working on all of those, I thought, hey, it might be good to get closer to kidney care. And so I did the Redwoods Resident Program, had an awesome time getting to experience what it's like being a facility administrator, and then came back to corporate strategy and as part of a strategy project helped launch DaVita Venture Group, which is where I've been for the last three and a half years. Uh, and then in my free time, I'm also Javier's chief of staff. Um, hey, everybody. Good afternoon. I'm Katie Swansea. I am a group vice president with IKC. Since Sarah is joining the IKC team, as I'm sure many of you saw in the announcement yesterday, she and I decided to dress alike. Um, we figured we'd go, we'd go in full uniform today. Um, but I'm really happy to be with you guys. Uh, I've been with DaVita for 12 years. Um, I started on the home national team as a special projects director. Um, I moved into a role in the clinical enterprise, and now I am part of integrated care. Uh, prior to DaVita, I was a consultant. I went to business school. Um, and then pre-pre that, I was an engineer. Terrific. <laughs> So you can see that each of our panelists has had really different journeys at DaVita. I'll also share with you my career journey. 
Um, I joined just seven years ago, so my journey started um, uh, like 22 years ago when I got my uh, MBA. I got it very young, and then um, very young. Okay. <laughs> I was actually 22 at the time. Um, and I did two years in strategy consulting at McKinsey. Then I spent like 13 years working for a national home health care provider. I did all kinds of different roles. There are actually eight different jobs in, in the 13 years. And um, sales, marketing, operations, and strategy. And about halfway through there, I actually went part-time when my son was born for four years. And I was absolutely terrified that the whole um, career would go off the rails <laughs> and um, that I would really never have you know, quite the same path again. And it turned out to be not at all that, that way and um, continued to grow really well and ended up moving into a really big job after, um, after having been part-time. Then I got this call to come to DeVita, and it was from a recruiter. Uh, I, I loved the people, but I actually turned down the offer to be a DeVita DVP. And I met with my mentor, who had been like 40 years in healthcare services, and he, we were having breakfast. He threw down his fork and he said, my dear, you're a fool. Have I taught you nothing with all this mentoring? Uh, character and competence is a unique combination. You won't find it anywhere else. Um, it's the best healthcare services uh, business there is and the best leaders that, um, you know, that I think exist in US business. I think you should call them back and beg. <laughs> so I did not beg, but I did call back Dave Mon, and there was uh, another division vice president role that opened up, and I'm really glad I did. So I've now I've been with the village seven years, and it has been an amazing place to grow, and I found a lot of fulfillment. Probably the only thing I'll mention um, about the uh, DeVita journey is a couple years in, I really became very passionate about home dialysis as a division vice president, and I just recognized how important an opportunity it was for our patients, for the, for the business, and for the healthcare system. So um, anyway, I got involved in lots of stuff there, and at one point was invited to become the home plumber, which is the, the role I've been doing for the last three years. So each of us have had like a completely different path, and so I'm really looking forward to everybody's uh, perspectives on a few issues that you and your teams may be um, dealing with. So um, before we dig in to um, a few questions, let's just think about career growth um, through an analogy of driving. So the analogy is you're in the driver's seat, right? You own your career path, but you can go back and forth between the left lane or the right lane. Sometimes you're not sure, should I take this off-road path? And it's those decisions on when to move between lanes or when to take a different path that's sometimes kind of difficult. Um, so, you know, the, the, the left lane might be you're getting a promotion or a role expansion, and the right lane may be mastering a role or growing and learning within a role. And then, of course, the off-road has all kinds of adventures. So um, I'm really looking forward to hearing your perspectives, each of you, on a few topics. So let's start with Sarah. Sarah, can you walk us through how you've sought clarity in what you wanted at various points in your career? Is there a time when you had clarity in what you wanted, but it didn't really align with what you were ready for? Yeah, it's a great question, Vanessa. And for me, I have found that finding clarity in a role is really best suited when I'm not actually looking for a new role. Um, and you know, there have been times that I can think back even a couple years when I wanted to seek out a different role for the sake of change. 
and didn't really take into account that it would bring me fulfillment over the long term. And so I'm glad that I ultimately didn't pursue a particular role. Um, but I, I try to evaluate things really just in a tactical way. And so what that means is I have a document that I reference on a, I don't know, every six months or so that I just sort of write down and take pen to paper to say what brings me fulfillment so that when I am you know, betting myself against an opportunity, um, I can really take an objective lens to it and think about what is it that's going to make me happy. And so this specific document I can share a little bit about includes things like scope of patient impact or the ratio of ops versus strategy, size of team and P&L. And it's helped me to really narrow in on these are things that matter to me and bring me a lot of fulfillment today. And so while seeking something for the sake of change might be okay, um, I want something that's going to be long-lasting and bring me a lot of joy. And then there's also an element that I need to vet out on my personal side. What's it going to mean for my family and I when I think about a different role? Um, and so there's also a list that I, I measure against there on things like the amount of travel or the amount of evening meetings or maybe I'll have to reload one day. And so it's helped me just really stare at um, how I can measure a role when I'm not in the excitement of being sold a role, so to speak. And then in terms of, of clarity or, you know, actually seeking a role and not getting one, um, you know, I can remember a couple years ago, a group VP open, role opened up, and I went to my leader, Axel, and had a really good conversation, but I was scared to death to, you know, open myself up and say that I wanted to consider, you know, a, a different role and was I ready for it? Um, and my, my nightmare, so to speak, came true and I was told that I wasn't ready. And it came with, um, not only are you not ready, but let me give you the gift of feedback as we like to say it, or actually as a colleague of mine just this week said, a big warm hug, um, and, and tell you why, why you're not ready, but also let me sit down and share how we can close those gaps. And so it came with things like how I could get more involved to improve my, my scope, how I could show up differently in senior leadership meetings and bring more edge to conversations. And we had just some really open conversations um, and put a plan together so that I could, I could work on that. And so while it was tough to hear that I wasn't ready, it gave me the clarity that I needed so that I could work on it and, and ultimately pursue that role later on. Great, so I heard have a framework and a structured approach to evaluating roles and then just be real proactive and engage in these discussions to say, am I ready? What will it take to get ready? And, and let's keep uh, planning toward that. So great, that's super practical. Uh, Danny, how about um, uh, this next, actually, you know what, uh, next question for um, Katie. You've worked on a bunch of different teams at the Village. Um, can you share how important timing is when you're making a decision on whether to stay in the right lane versus the left lane? Yeah, sure, Vanessa. Um, first of all, I just wanted to acknowledge that I do really believe that DaVita is a place that you can grow your career. So as I mentioned, I've been with DaVita for 12 years in that exact same 12-year span. My, my husband, he, he and I graduated from business school at the same time, um, has been worked for seven companies. And so we always kind of joke around. He might have a little more ADD than I do, but we always kind of joke around of like, I'm like the, 
the study, but at the same time, like, I do really feel like I've had a lot of amazing opportunities. And thinking about timing, I mean, it really starts with being willing to say yes. And I'll give you guys a couple of kind of random examples of things I've been asked to do. Maybe I wanted to hesitate. Maybe I wanted to say no. I went ahead and said yes, and I think it, it kind of paid off. So it's little things like joining um, Senate, for example. So Dave said, hey, Katie, you know, we need somebody from the CE to join Senate. I was like, okay, sure. I'm interested in IT. I formed some cross-functional relationships, and that was really useful. Another example is, um, hey, Katie, do you want to help plan the leadership meeting in Villagewide? And I'm like, oh, crap, I have a full-time job already. This, you know, I don't know if I have time for this. I said yes, and again, kind of paid off in the amount of time I got to spend with some of our senior leaders. So they're little kind of tiny micro decisions that you should really figure out ways. Is this a good time to say yes? Do you have enough capacity in your work life and in your home life? So now I'll give a couple of examples of, of times where I, I wanted to either move in the fast lane or, or potentially in the, in the, um, the right lane. Um, so I've been in the home team for about three or four years. Um, I was, had a pretty stable home life. My, I have three kids. My um, kids were in either preschool or just about to start elementary school. So things at home were feeling pretty stable. My husband had a pretty stable job as well. And so I was like, I think I'm ready for something, something new. So I was working for Tad Stahl at the time, and I was like, hey, Tad, um, I want to try something new. I'm ready for it. And of course, anybody who knows Tad, he was totally supportive. How can I help? Is there anybody in my network that would be useful um, as you look for other opportunities? And so I found one that I was really interested in, and I applied for it. I interviewed for it, and I didn't get it. And so I was kind of like, hey, what? You know, like, I'm ready. You know, I'm ready for something new. I'm, like, putting myself out there. Is this really, you know, like, I'm not going to get this job? And I was kind of a little bit deflated. But at the same time, I was like, no, I'm, you know, I'm just going to stick with it, and the right thing will come along, and it did. And eventually I took the, the role with, um, with CE, and it, it's kind of gone from there. Juxtapose um, that with about three years later, my husband took a job in consulting. And so our life was pretty hectic then because he was spending two weeks in Europe and then two weeks uh, back in Denver where we live, and he did that for about two years. And so he was like, hey, I really want to take this. This is going to be a great career opportunity for me. Are you, are you in? So I was like, yep, I'm in. I'm here to support. But what that meant for me was I couldn't travel very much. Um, we had little kids. We needed one of us to be stable. And so I was like, I'm going to take a back seat. I'm not going to travel as much. And what that meant was some opportunities for my team. So instead of me going to that Palmer meeting or me going to that offsite or me going to that regional meeting, it created opportunities for the team to go. And I was like honestly kind of mixed about it, right? Like there's this sense of like letting go of something that you control and you know you're good at and it's going to be done your way. And, you know, are they not going to need me anymore if, if, if I'm not the one who's there? And so it was a huge, like huge growth for me. And I also saw really big growth for my team. Great. Thank you. Um, Danny, next question for you. When it comes to getting things done in the village and exploring different career paths, it's important to have a network to lean on. So I'm wondering, how have you built your network? How do you build champions and advocates? And how do you have the courage to ask people to be your mentor? Yeah. So there's an old saying that goes, the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. The second best time to do it is now. And I feel like that's very much true when it comes to building a network. A lot of this just takes time. I remember the first uh, village that I went to, I was like, all right, I'm going to go find all the important people, and I'm going to shake their <laughs> hand, and I'm going to have a contact that I can add to my Rolodex so that when I need help with IT, I can call Alan, and if I have a clinical question, I can call Dr. G. And I think what I realized is that it's not about the number of people in the network, it's about the strength of the network itself. 
And so one of the things I started to think about was network itself, the name, the word, feels very forced and corporate. I'm going to go build a network. In the end, it's just connections. It's relationships. That when I look in the crowd here and I see a lot of people that are, are familiar, it's, these are people that I've shared you know, important times with, that we've been vulnerable with each other. And that's the reason why I feel like I can lean on them when I need them, whether it's for business or whether it's for personal life or whatever it may be. Um, and so that's, that's the important part. Um, I think pretty distinctly about an experience that I had about a year ago. My wife was pregnant with our, our fourth child, and um, we got news from the doc that our child wasn't doing well and, and might not make it. And I was carrying a lot of baggage with me. So I, I went to my mentor meeting, and I had my full agenda. You know, is we're going to have five minutes of small talk. We're going to talk <laughs> about my career plan. I'm going to bring a business question that they can engage in, and then I'm going to ask them something about their lives. You know, it's going to be a really productive time. And in, in the small talk, I, I distinctly remember her asking me, like, how are things going? And I just started crying. And it was, it was a really hard time for me. I felt really embarrassed. I was like, I can't believe I'm crying in front of this senior leader. Um, this is a total waste of their time. They have other things to work on. But we just had a great conversation. We talked about life. I felt like we got to know each other a lot better. And since then, I think our relationship has been so much stronger. I, I feel like I can lean on her for, for a lot of different things. I'm asking her for career advice where she knows exactly what I'm trying to accomplish. And it's not about how do I fit Danny into the next spot. It's really understanding like, what I'm trying to do in life and, and what would be a good fit for me and, and giving me tough feedback that says, you know, I don't think you're ready for this or, or maybe you're not pushing yourself hard enough. And so leaning on those relationships is, is just really important. Um, so then you ask, all right, great. I know I'm not going to just go build my Rolodex, so I'm going I'm to build the network the right way. I'm going to show a level of vulnerability. Uh, but where do I get started? And so I think about finding, a, you know, finding, whether it's finding a mentor or just building your network in general, it's a lot like dating. Um, and maybe it's bad for me to give career advice because I, I've only had one girlfriend. I, I married my high school sweetheart. Um, but what I hear is that with blind dates, sometimes they, they set you up with someone else. Um, on paper, this person is perfect for you. And then you sit down, you have a conversation, and it's just fine. It's awkward. Maybe it's not exactly what you were looking for. Uh, and I think the same is true of mentors. And so when I, when I stopped looking for titles and I started just looking for people that I had a genuine connection to, that's where I felt like it was a lot easier um, to ask that person to be a mentor, where it's like, hey, we've, we already have kind of an ongoing conversation. I feel like you bring a lot of insights. You have a very different perspective on the world, and I think I can learn a lot from you. Um, you know, can we, can we continue this? And so unlike dating, no, I don't think anyone's going to turn you down if you say, hey, can we, can we grab coffee sometime? Um, and so hopefully that's, that's an easy way to, to start the conversation when you meet someone to you know, just follow up. Um, I think everyone here is, is pretty open to that, and so we should all take advantage of it. Good. Well, um, Danny, my new favorite quote is, finding a mentor is like dating. <laughs> um, and that actually reminds me of something. You know, um, now I get asked a lot to be a mentor. And uh, one tip that um, I've learned through that process is uh, you don't have to ask for a lifetime mentoring relationship. You could just similar to how you wouldn't go ask someone to marry you, uh, you would potentially say, hey, I'd love to pick your brain on some career-related topics, or I'd love to get to know you a little bit better. And you go and you see what the chemistry is like, then maybe you have a second meeting, and then maybe there's some follow-up from there. So um, I kind of like that 
uh, analogy, because I think um, it is really about finding that right fit. Um, great, well, let's shift our session from your own development to helping others with their development. So this is gonna be a lightning round. One quick tip or advice from each of you. Let's start with Sarah. You know, I think we tend to be a task-driven culture when we give people stretch assignments. You know, go accomplish X, go do Y. And I really believe that we have to give people ownership to take control of the process, make it theirs, and, and take that stretch assignment and really um, show what they can do and, and do it their way, not our way. Great. Katie? Um, what, so I have to be pretty structured about um, team development, so I tend to really follow a lot of the people services process, PDR, and during the PDR season, and then in the summertime I try to do IDPs, individual development conversations, um, just to keep myself on track. And one thing that I have learned about those conversations over um, my career is it really needs to be managed by the teammate. Right? Like I can want so much for someone on my team to do X, Y, Z and to be X, Y, Z and to go, go after some job that I think is perfect for them, but it's really about where they want to go. And so making sure that you leave the space for the teammate to really drive that part of the conversation. Great. Dan. Yeah, and, and so I think a lot about creating opportunities for failure. Steve Phillips talked about this earlier. In DVG, we like to fail. Uh, we have this thing called the fail whale, and so it's, it's trying to encourage people to take big swings, which I think is important. If you see someone's dashboard and it's all green, it might mean that they're a total rock star, but what it probably means is they're not willing to take a risk for fear that if they fail, you know, something bad will happen. And so it's, it's trying to encourage people that I don't want to see all green. It's important that we have some things that we know are stretch goals, and if you get it, great, and if you don't, that's okay too. It's, it's worth it because if, if we're only looking at, if we're all trying to get green all the time, we're probably not going to take the big risks that are actually going to make a difference in the future. Yeah, terrific. Well, um, you know, as we wrap this session, I feel like I've heard two things from uh, you guys. One is we have to own our own journey, and there's a lot of things to balance. There's our personal and home needs, there's our team's needs, and there's our um, career intentions. And those things aren't easy. And sometimes you can make a plan and then you adjust the plan and there's many different paths you can take. Um, second thing is, we're lucky to be at DeVita. Um, there are many different paths we can take uh, combined with focus on career growth and on personal growth. And you know, um, I think being around people that actually really care to invest in each other, uh, then we can just explore so many different uh, ways to go. And then, you know, I guess a couple of personal reflections now that it's, you know, I've, uh, um, you know, kind of been um, uh, aged <laughs> a bit. I feel like life isn't all about a promotion. And some of my best moments were when I was just growing in the role I was in, or even more importantly, when I'm helping others grow. And sometimes we have this itch to grow, but it's sometimes nice to stay present and think about um, serving others and, and growing and it doesn't have to be all about a promotion or like the next thing. Um, anyway, thanks for your insights, you guys, and um, hope this was helpful. <laughs>